This podcast is brought to you by Racing Thread, Formula One clothing for literally any occasion. Their clothing features subtle, evocative, embroidered designs of your favorite F1 moments. From Ricardo's McHorsey entrance to Kevin's first pull. From Pierre and Yuki's bromance to Inspector Seb, the moments are endless. Whether you're out to dinner with friends, watching the race at home, or cheering in the grandstands, gone are the embarrassing sponsor logos. Instead, Racing Thread is F1 clothing you are comfortable wearing anywhere. Dirty Driving listeners can get 15% off Racing Thread's entire range of t-shirts, sweatshirts, polos, and bucket hats using the code DIRTYDRIVING. Head over to RacingThread.com to shop F1 racewear for anywhere. It's chaos. It's a different type of Sunday scary. It's your newest obsession. It's Dirty Driving, a Formula One podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Dirty Driving. I am excited to be here today because we are talking about the Saudi Arabian Grand Prix, and it wasn't the most exciting race, but it was interesting to say the least. So we'll get into that in a little bit. Let's jump into the weekend news. The first thing that I need to talk about is something that was super shocking for me to hear. Lewis took to Instagram to announce his split from trainer and physio Angela Cullen. He said, for the last seven years, Angela has been by my side, pushing me to be the best version of myself. I'm a stronger athlete and a better person because of her. So today, I hope you'll join me in wishing her the very best as she takes her next steps to pursue her dreams. Thank you for everything, Ange. I can't wait to see what the future has in store for you. Again, this was shocking for me. They have been together for seven years, and I just feel like you never see Lewis without Angela on any given moment of race weekends, whether it's carrying around his huge water bottle or carrying Lewis's dog Roscoe down the steps or helping him tie his hair back and putting on his helmet. They were always together. And so I'll be very interested to see how Lewis handles this. Um, I just feel like she has been a constant support for him and it will definitely be a change in his routine. For me, Angela has always been an inspiration, a woman in Formula One that I think we've all looked up to. And I can't wait to see what she gets up to next. It must be something super exciting considering you know, it's parting from Lewis. We'll keep some tabs on that. In other interesting and dumb news, I'm just going to get my thoughts on and out of the way. It's dumb. There's no point to it. I don't, I don't get it. Whatever. But the days of seeing Charles ride his bike around the circuit are over, at least when it comes to track walks. So, The FIA issued a letter during Bahrain banning anything with two wheels during the designated track walk time period with absolutely no exceptions allowed. Like I said, this is dumb. I don't see a reason for it. I don't see how or why this was causing any harm. And now because of this, we'll see even fewer drivers taking advantage of a track walk or ride. 
And then my final piece of news for the weekend is also an interesting bit. Franz Toss, the AlphaTauri team principal, was very candid about the car and his engineers thus far this year. So in Friday's team principal media session, Franz spoke very truthfully about the state of AlphaTauri. He started by saying the team expected way more in Bahrain, then went on to say that he doesn't trust his engineers. When asked why he stated that, he said, because during the winter months, they told me the car is fantastic and we come here and we're nowhere. What can I say? Very bold statement by him. Alvatari is, however, expected to bring small updates to every race, so we will see what direction they take. While it was bold, I completely get why Franz said what he said, as I am just as disappointed in Alvatari as he probably is. In all three practice rounds, Verstappen led both Alonso and Perez, foreshadowing what was to come later in the weekend. De Viers was unable to participate in FP3 due to a change in his power unit. That's not so great considering he's new to this track, so it's less time to get comfortable, especially on a track with walls that are so close that one little mistake can ruin your race. Qualies, however, is when it got pretty spicy. So in Q1, we saw a very frazzled Logan Sargent who spun and then went on to take another lap and ran over the curb, ruining his last chances of getting out of the bottom five. It put him in P20. And what makes matters even worse is that his deleted time would have pushed him through to Q2. So disappointing. You saw him kind of stomp off and hide in the corner, and he just looked really defeated. Along with Logan, Sonoda, Albon, DeVries, and Norris were done after Q1. In Q2, this is where the tides for the weekend turned. Max had to stop his car due to a drive shaft issue, causing a yellow flag and the championship leader to be out in Q2. So he was going to be starting the race in 15th place. He was out along with Hulkenberg, Zhao, Magnussen, and Botas. Q3 saw Checo on pole after he took his very first pole here last year. And the Minister of Defense absolutely blows the crowd away when he's on a street track. So anytime we're on a street circuit, be prepared for Checo. And I knew he was going to be able to take pole, especially with Max Verstappen out. So props to him. A couple notable things is that Piastri and Gasly made it to Q3 after dropping out of Q1 in Bahrain, so some improvement there. And then Nico Hulkenberg outqualified Kevin Magnussen for the second weekend in a row. Arguably the biggest story to come out of post-qualies was Hamilton having a simply horrible time and stating, I just don't feel connected to this car and I can't get it. So I really don't know what I'm going to do about that. It's miserable. It's tough. I'm giving it absolutely everything. I'm here as late as I can be every day. I'm preparing the best you can. And I just get in the car and I can't connect with it. He is absolutely defeated. And we are in the second weekend of the season. So 
The last thing I want to do is see Lewis weekend after weekend just unhappy with what's going on. So not only has he lost Angelo, but he can't connect with the vehicle. Total Wolf, however, states that we will see a completely different Mercedes in five, six, or seven weekends. So I'm hopeful that they can turn it around like they did last year, but they better come back next year strong or I don't know what I'm going to have to say about Mercedes. This podcast is brought to you by Red Racer Books, a children's book series about the marvelous world of motorsports. Looking to get the kiddos in your life interested in Formula One? The series includes the ABCs of racing, which teaches concepts about racing with Red Racer as your guide. The 34-page book is full of gorgeous illustrations inspired by actual tracks and racing situations around the world. The series also includes the book All About Race Cars, a guide to Formula One race cars. Red Racer is joined by Roxy the Engineer, and they walk you through all the ins and outs of F1. This book is packed with 40 pages of beautiful illustrations teaching STEM facts about F1 cars. Red Racer Books is on a mission to give kids in the U.S. and beyond a global perspective on sportsmanship, diversity, science, and technology. Dirty Driving listeners can get 20% off Red Racer Books' entire series using the code DIRTYDRIVING. Head over to redracerbooks.com to buy the kiddos or the adults in your life their new favorite book. Let's jump into the race because the two Red Bulls reigned supreme and then we had a game of ping pong that was played in the post-race. So let's start with Red Bull. During qualies when Max stopped, I knew it was either going to be a race where Max fought his way from P15th and won or that Checo was going to win. And you know what? We kind of got both because Checo won and Max took P2. So 15 to second place. I mean, what can we say? Max Verstappen is a beast. I I can't say anything other than that. He knows what he's doing and he's got the car underneath him to prove what he can do. Even though Checo won the race, Max continues to be the championship leader as he took the fastest lap point on his last lap. This is the first time that Checo has led a Red Bull 1-2, so I'm excited for Checo. Now, I do have to talk about one thing, and that one thing is Joss Verstappen. He is hands down my least favorite person on planet Earth, and I don't dislike a lot of people. And I'm not going to use the word hate because I don't like the word hate, and I don't really feel like I hate anything, but my God, do I dislike him. Not only can he be over-the-top violent, like pounding his fists on the table when Max doesn't do well literally last year, or leaving his son at a gas station for not performing as a child. He simply can't celebrate the successes of anyone else, let alone his son's teammate. I don't know if you saw it, but during... The post-race podium celebrations, Checo and the team are celebrating, and Joss is just sitting there, blank face, actually not blank face, sourpussed face, and can't even give Checo a smile, a high five, a nice job. 
He's a shitty fucking person. That's all I got to say about him. Okay, now that I've got my anger out, we can talk about something else I'm angry about. Perfect timing. So like I said, a game of ping pong was played in the post race, and I'm going to clarify this. So Alonzo, it's all about Alonzo. After leading the race at the start, he got ahead of Chucko in the start. It was announced that Alonzo received a five-second penalty for lining up outside of his grid spot, the exact same thing that happened to Ocon last weekend. Alonzo ended up coming in third to end the race. The stewards, however, ruled that due to the fact that the rear jack was touching the car during him serving his five-second time penalty, they decided that the penalty was not served correctly and handed him a 10-second penalty on top of it. This dropped him out of third place and moved George Russell to the podium, but the podium celebrations had already taken place. Alonzo had the trophy. He even said, I've celebrated. I've been on podium. I've taken the trophy. I don't really care. I won. (laughs) Aston Martin submitted a letter to the FIA to review the second penalty, and they cited video evidence of seven, seven different occasions of cars being touched by the jack while serving a penalty without consequence. So the FIA ended up reversing their decision took away that 10-second penalty, meaning that Alonzo officially took his 100th podium, taking third place where he belonged. He is only the sixth driver to take a 100th podium, and he is along the grades of Hamilton, Schumacher, Vettel, Prost, and Raikkonen. Russell did say that Jetta was one of the strongest weekends in F1 that he has ever had, despite his losing out on P3. I do need to share my opinion on this whole situation. The FIA stewards know the rules more than anyone, and they know that they have to issue a penalty within a certain amount of time after the incident that would cause the penalty. So they need to get their shit together. I don't know how they're going to get their shit together or when they're ever going to get their shit together, but it's just embarrassing. It's embarrassing for them. It's embarrassing for the sport. It's embarrassing for the fans. And all around, it's just fucking embarrassing. So I'm praying for the FIA. I'm praying they get their shit together. And I'm praying that we don't ever see something like this happen again. But we probably will. lot of losers for this race. I have four actually. So obviously the first one is McLaren because their drivers finished P15 and P17, Piastri, then Norris. And they're at the bottom of the Constructors Championship for the second weekend in a row. It's laughable. I'm sorry, but I'm sorry if you're a McLaren fan, but it's laughable. They talked about how they missed the mark in revamping the car in the offseason. And they said that we really won't see anything new until Baku at the earliest because they decided that it was better to let the first couple of races go by and be shit than to completely rethink what they had done in 
the off season. And this was all related to the driver height requirement being raised 15 millimeters, because when that happens, you have to completely change your floor and they just missed the mark on that and they admitted it. So now we know a little bit more about why McLaren is not doing so well, but they're my loser. They're my top loser from this weekend. Lance Stroll is my second loser. And he, the reason why is because he had to stop and ended up DNFing due to losing power consistently lap over lap. As of recording this Sunday night, we are still waiting for the reasoning behind this. Charles, good old Charles. I had to take a pause there because I feel like Charles is always in my loser bracket and he needs a win. He was clearly having issues with his engineer who failed to alert him that under the safety car, Hamilton had pit. So Charles left a big gap behind the safety car, which then allowed Lewis to rejoin the track ahead of Charles when Charles could have moved up a position. And Charles was unhappy. He was like, you've got to tell me that earlier. And I completely agree with him. Was his engineer sleeping? He might have been. And my last loser is Albon, who was having brake issues and ultimately DNF. So he was unable to complete the race. And that is that for my losers. Checo is obviously one of my winners. I would love to see a true battle between him and Max for the championship. I have no idea if Red Bull will even come close to letting this happen. Probably not, but... How spectacular would it be to see Chucko and Max going at it in the last couple races this season? If it's going to be a Red Bull dominated season, at least give us that much of a fight. And then my second winner is Alpine. Both Ocon and Gasly were in the points this weekend, and I'm excited to see what they can do. You guys know it's my underrated drivers, so we'll see who can eke it out and be the ultimate underrated driver of the grid. For honorable mentions, I'm going to have to pick Kevin Magnuson, who made it into the points, Haas's first points this season, basically for pushing Yuki out of the points in the last couple of laps. So with Alonzo retaking third place, George Russell slotted into fourth. Lewis Hamilton finished fifth for the second race in a row. Carlos Sainz continues to lead Charles in the points and the Jetta finish. Like I said, Alpine were both in the points with Ocon in eighth and Pierre in ninth. And K-Mag rounded out the top ten. I think all in all, like I said at the beginning of this episode, it was a mm, it wasn't the most interesting race. We didn't see a lot happen. It was, dare I say, slightly boring. I'm ready for some more action. I'm ready for the midfield and back markers, even though we don't really have back markers this year, really start battling it out. 
I'm ready to see Mercedes and Ferrari improve so we can maybe take Red Bull out of a 1-2. And I really want to see Lance Stroll. I know he had car issues this weekend, but I really want to see Lance Stroll up on podium with Alonzo. If Alonzo can do it, so can Stroll. Next week is a bye week, and then we are in Australia for the Australian Grand Prix, and that's always a good race. We're going to have some updates. We're going to have some things figured out. We are going to maybe start getting into the real season. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Dirty Driving. Until next time, stay dirty.